everyone, it's Naomi and welcome to the Firecracker Department. I've got a couple of shoutouts because we had our electric, magical, beautiful TIFF event online a couple of weeks ago and I mean if you were able to be part of it, you were part of something really special. Normally with Zoom calls, I don't know about you, but I feel like the energy stops at the screen. You know, it's hard to feel the energy sort of transmit through screens like you would if we were all in the same room. I mean, it's still not the same, but it was pretty magical. That Zoom, I mean, I we had like a debrief. We all sat around the core members and I, and we all had a drink afterwards online and just like, it was really buzzing. It was a really buzzy event. So thank you to all the people that came out. Thank you all to our celebrity guests that gave us some time for our red carpet. We're gonna be sharing some clips with you in the future. Go to our YouTube channel, or of course to our social media, Firecracker DEPT, and you'll be in touch with all those great clips coming your way. I have to shout out some of our sponsors who sponsored our breakout room. Project 10, who not only produced Schitt's Creek, but also the Jan Arden Show, Jan, and Andrew Barnsley, who steps in and supports and is such just a cheerleader of creativity. I'm, I'm really grateful to have him in our community. So thanks, Project 10. To follow them, go to at P10 Productions, P-R-O-D. That's at P10 P-R-O-D. Also, Shinosa Superfoods. Oh my gosh, I've known Shinosa Superfoods for three years, whenever I bump into him, he's always like lavishing me with the best kind of gifts, like protein powders and superfoods that are obviously gonna make me better. So it's always a treat to have him involved. And thank you so much for sponsoring one of our breakout rooms, the wellness department. And if you wanna follow Shinosa and find out more about their products, go to at Shinosa underscore fit. That's at S-C-H-I-N-O-U-S-S-A underscore fit. Thanks Shinosa. And then finally, Creemore Springs, the beer company in Canada that you just wanna bring to all your events. It makes you very popular. Whenever you turn up with Creemore, people think, you know, that you must like them. And I do. Stephanie from Creemore Springs sponsored one of our rooms and I'm just so grateful. Again, like Creemore Springs steps in. First of all, they delivered beer and gift packages to all our core members. So everybody got glasses and beers and cool Creemore socks. And then they sponsored our silent auction and then they just turn up, you know, they're really supportive people. So if you're in Canada, go grab yourself a six pack of Creamore and take a picture and share it with me. Thank you, Stephanie, and thank you, Creamore. And if you wanna know more about Creamore Springs and how to get your hands on some of those great beers, go to at Creamore Springs on Twitter. Big, big thanks to Yusuf Abdelmalik who helped us figure out a lot of technical things to do with our TIFF party. So thank you, Yusuf, who's not only a fantastic person, but also a beautiful photographer. Go see all of his beautiful photos on Instagram at Y-M-A-P-H-O-T-O. I have to thank my friend Rachel McCaig, who always, I mean, I've known Rachel forever, not only as a creator, because she's such a creative person, but as a photographer on red carpets, she just gets something special from people as a red carpet photographer. She just does. So last year she was live and doing our red carpet for the TIFF party for Firecracker Department. And this year I asked her if she could do something fun even though we were online. And she sure did. She did these really cool filters. She got great shots. Everybody looked amazing. So thank you, Rachel McKegg. Go see more of her photos on Instagram at RachelMC. That's R-A-C-H-E-A-L-M-C. Thanks, Rach. Big thanks to Tiger of Sweden. Oh my gosh, they have such beautiful clothing, Tiger of Sweden. And thank you for your love and your support during our event. 
We can't wait to work with you again. Go to tigerofsweden.com or on Instagram, tigerofsweden.to to see all their beautiful fashion. Thanks, Tiger of Sweden. And to Made You Look. Oh my gosh, Sarah and Made You Look is one of my favorite people that just comes through every year. Every year we do a Blaze Award. Last year it went to Jan Arden. This year it went to Michelle Buteau. Instead of giving a plaque or a statue or a trophy, we give them a piece of jewelry from Made You Look. And again, this year, Sarah comes through for us again. So if you're in Toronto, go to Made You Look over on Queen Street West, but you can also check them out online, madeyoulook.ca, Instagram, Made You Look Jewelry, and check out all their beautiful designers. They have so many designers that live under one roof in that store, so there's something for everybody. They not only design jewelry, they engrave, they fix, they create, they are everything. So thank you, Made You Look Jewelry. And now on with our podcast. Our guest today is poet, artist, mentor, public speaker, Markeisha Babers. Markeisha and I spoke last month and I'm not saying this lightly. She kind of changed my life. The joy and light that this person has and exudes, even over a Zoom call, is so infectious, is so inspiring. It made me pick up a book of poetry. It made me completely binge on all her uh, YouTube clips and pieces and spoken word content. I know you will fall in love with Markeisha and her story, just like I did. She was 15 years old and experiencing homelessness. And she was on the streets of Hollywood. And then she met these filmmakers that were working on what would become a new documentary called American Street Kid. So the documentary itself is just incredible. It's incredibly powerful. It's a look into the lives of some of the country's most vulnerable youth. Since appearing in that doc, she's gone on to empower and inspire women around the world with her poetry. Now, this is somebody that didn't even know she was an artist. She just started creating until she shared some of her writing and people were like, you're a poet, you're an artist. Okay. Okay, we have to listen to her piece that not only shook my world, but it altered her trajectory and really gave her a place as one of the most important spoken word poets of our time. Okay, here is the piece called That Girl by Markeisha Babers. People only see me as that girl. That fat girl, just a little too black girl, always sitting in the back girl. That girl. People tell me, you're weak, girl. No one wants to hear you speak, girl. Look at me, I'm not at your feet, girl. Stop crying, girl. It's not like you're dying, girl. No one will like you for who you are. And your career definitely won't go far. Not with that hair, those clothes, those shoes. You really need to change all of you, girl. Sometimes I tell myself, You know, depression ain't cute, girl, and you should stop waiting and do what you have to do, girl. I mean, if you're going to end it, then do it already, girl. Just make sure you keep your hands steady, girl. You want to get it right, girl. Just wait till night, girl, then get the knife, girl. It only takes one slice, girl. Look at you. Too weak to take your own life, girl. But God told me, Aren't you tired of waiting to die, girl? All you have to do is try, girl. I gave you life to live, girl. I gave you your gift to give, girl. I am always here, girl. It's okay to shed a tear, girl. Just don't fear, girl. 
because you are that girl made strong enough to carry the world on your back, girl. So stand up straight, girl. You will be great, girl. It is your fate, girl. Don't worry about the past. Remember, who is first shall be last. So you've endured the worst, girl. Now it's your turn to be first, girl. Then God held out his hands. He said, take this girl. Don't waste it, girl. You'll know when to use it, girl. It's a miracle, girl. Like you, you are a miracle, girl. Right? Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps just thinking about that piece. That audio was from the 2015 Women in the World Conference that she attended, and she has since performed on VH1's Verses and Flow. She's been featured in the New York Times and performed for global icons like Angelina Jolie, uh, Hillary Clinton, Princess Rima Al Saud of Saudi Arabia, and Frida Pinto. She studied poetry for four years with the youth poetry group Get Lit, and along the way, she's just changed the whole game. Her words and dedication led to the Get Lit organization changing its policy in 2011 and opening as a co-ed for the first time. There's no doubt about it, Markeisha is a world changer. She is. Next year, you'll be able to see her new film called Summertime, where she stars in a role based on one of her poems. It's been to Sundance, and it's gonna take over the world. She's just an incredible force. She's also getting married. I mean, you know, everything is coming at Markeisha. This woman is a firecracker for sure, and I am so, so thankful we had time together. I will say that she was outside in the neighborhood, featured in the dock. She actually said she wanted to go back to her stomping grounds. So we actually did a Zoom call from her old hood. So the audio isn't perfect, but you know what? It's worth it. Trust me. Push on through if there's a part that you're like, oh, the audio. Just push on through because I tell you, the chat is absolutely worth it. All right, let's get into it now. Here's my conversation with the one and only Markeisha Babers. Where are you in the world right now? I am um, in my neighborhood. I thought it would be nice to like kind of do the interview in like an area that just brings nostalgia to me. Um, so I'm on uh, Vermont and 83rd right now just by a place that me and my mom used to go to all the time when we were trying to like make it and stuff, so. Um, I was in Las Vegas. I, I, I'm in Canada now, but I've been living in Las Vegas for the last five years. Awesome, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it seems like I mean, a lot it's of not... people are kind of moving out of LA at the moment. It's a freaky place, that LA right now. I mean, <laughs> how are you feeling there? Um, I'm originally from Houston, Texas. So the LA vibe is like a whole turnaround. You know what I mean? It's hard because I'm I'm very much like I'm so I'm always like, hey, how you doing? Like I'm always smiling. And most people in LA are like, uh, yeah, uh, like you know, yeah. it's like kind of yes. weird. I do know. But I mean, so you're in your old neighborhood, so it's it's probably a little bit like you're like it must feel homeish to you. Yes. Yes. Definitely feels like, uh, like I said, it brings nostalgia to me. Just remembering like the, the areas me and my mom used to walk, just remembering like the places we used to stay, the places we used to go for assistance and just all that stuff, like and where we came from is very nostalgic. Yeah. Now for some people that don't know your story, do you, uh, you lived on the streets from the time that you were eight to about 17? Yes. 
Okay, you're well, like, uh, there needs to be a new <laughs> Wonder Woman cartoon. And it, the Wonder Woman looks like you, considering where you've come from and where okay. you are now. T yes, talk to absolutely. me about the, that journey, that eight to 17 journey and what it must be like kind of going through it a little bit now because you're back in the neighborhood where your mom and you kind of right. hung out. Um, I mean, it was, it was a difficult journey. It was, there was nothing easy about it. I think um, the only thing was that we made the best of it. So um, I think that's also what kind of helped us progress um, more is because like we kind of just, we made games out of sleeping outside, you know what I mean? It was like, you know, my mom would take us to the park. She'd have us play all day until we get tired. And then she'd be like, okay, take a nap in the back seat before we know it's the next morning. You know what I mean? So we kind of made it like, you know, we'd drive to the beach, open the back trunk, sit in the trunk and just look at the stars and watch movies in the trunk, you know what I mean? And different stuff like that. So I think making the best of it was um, the main thing that I really, that really got me through, especially as a kid, because it's hard being a kid and being homeless. That eight years old, nine years old, those kids don't understand what being homeless means. You know what I mean? And then honestly, I didn't understand what being homeless meant. I just knew that I didn't have what the other kids had. I just knew they would talk about me. I just knew, you know what I mean? So it was really difficult being homeless as a kid because you know you don't get that understanding you got to go to school every day you have to i mean i remember there was one time i did like tell my mom like i don't want to go to school until we figure out like this sleeping outside situation because the kids keep messing with me and all of this stuff and she kept me out of school for like a week but then the police showed up on us you know what i mean and was like why has your kids been out of school and then like and then we're homeless so they're like okay we'll figure out your situation we're gonna take kids so it was always like something so you have to go to school you have to like kind of make it work but you just have to make the best of it you know i used to go to school and like take a backpack full of clothes and give it to my friend and be like can you wash these at your house and bring back tomorrow you know what i mean just you know doing little different stuff you know sleeping over at friends houses so i have a place to shower for school in the morning and stuff like that um but it was it was it was a really hard journey at 15 i, I wind up uh, running away from one of the shelters we were staying at and so i was then homeless on the streets by myself uh, which is where American Street Kid comes in. That's where um, I got, I linked up with them. And um, that was, I, I thought I was being smart <laughs> because the, the hotel conditions we were in were terrible. Um, I had experienced something with one of the guys there that was very traumatic for me. Um, and I just needed to go. And my plan was, you know what? I can leave. That's one more person for my mom have to feed, clothes, worry about, take care of. I can go finish school get a job, and it helped my family out. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just thinking it's as easy as one, two, three. And then I got out there, and they was like, well, do you have an ID, a social, a birth certificate, your shot records, your this, your that? And I was like, I don't even know how to start, you know? So yeah. it didn't it became like I was just there from that point on. So, um, yeah. That, your mom sounds was, like an amazing human being. Yeah, she did everything she could, you know what I mean? And it was never easy. Like, even... Even my mom was working when we were homeless. And that's like one of the misconceptions people always have in their head that like those people are lazy and oh, go get a job. And it's like, I got two. So now what? <laughs> you know what I mean? I still can't afford a thousand dollar apartment with both these jobs. Yeah. So my mom was working at Walgreens one time and um, she had been working there for a very long time. She was up for promotion and she wanted to get held up at gunpoint at her job. And she told them that the next day she wasn't coming. 
And they were like, no, you have to come to work. And she was like, I'm not coming to work. And they were like, if you don't come, we're going to fire you. She was like, do what you have to do, but I need a day off. She took the day off and they really fired her. And so, and we were already yeah. homeless. So then to lose your job in that situation and to be held up at gunpoint and all these experiences and already have three kids with you that you have to provide for. My mom has starved for weeks, you know, while we ate, you know what I'm saying? So because it was only enough to split the sandwich into three or whatever the case may be, you know what I mean? So it, it was just... I don't I mean, know. Seeing my mom go through that is what pushes me because I don't ever want her to have to worry about us no more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like, tell me about when um, the the American uh, Street Kid uh, project came to you. Talk to me about how that came about. Um. Oh well, this is this is. I actually love, really love this story <laughs> because um, I I actually got involved with American Street Kid on a whim. I didn't even I, if. Um, I didn't, wasn't even really supposed to be involved. They were already really filming other kids. And um, what had happened was most of my friends were going into this um, like resource facility, but it was only for people 18 or older. And I was 15, so I couldn't go in. And I was trying to like be like, I'm 18, I just lost my ID. But they were like, no, we don't trust you. So, <laughs> so they wouldn't let me in. <laughs> so I had to like sit on the wall outside of the facility, waiting for my friends to get it done, doing everything they got to do, and come out and get me. And um, um, one of the guys who was filming, one of the other uh, kids on the streets who was filming with uh, Michael Leone came over, and Michael and I started talking to Michael Leone. They were filming and had the cameras and everything like that. And um, I just thought it was really cool. I was like, oh, I love what you guys are out here doing. And we just wind up chit-chatting and I got involved. But it was just like on a whim. I was just sitting on the wall, swinging my legs, waiting for my friends to come out. And then all of a sudden the camera was coming. I was like, hey. <laughs> but it's fate. I love that kind of fateful happening. That's so exciting. And I also feel like you've yeah. been writing poetry and spoken words since you were like, like a child, like eight or something nuts like that, yeah. right? So yeah, your nine. artistry was like, yeah, your artistry was raring to go. I, I'm so, I'm so curious about like you as a child thinking that's where I'm going to have my voice in poetry. Cause that definitely was not my vision as an eight year old. Well, what's interesting is when I first started writing poetry, I didn't even know that I was writing poetry. It was diary entries. It was just me right. saying I had a really hard day. I have no one to talk to. This is how I feel. And um, what wound up happening is I was nine years old. I was raped when I was nine by my stepfather. And, um, and I, you know, he threatened me, threatened my life and don't tell anyone. He told me that I was too ugly for anyone to believe me anyway. And, you know, it was just like really traumatic. So I didn't say anything for two years. And so I was just holding on to this. And I was only nine. And I was like, I literally don't know what else to do. My mom bought me a diary for my birthday. So I was like, in it goes, you know. And um, when I was 11, my auntie, she was a very spiritual person. And so like three days before my 11th birthday, she like came to me and she was like, who hurts you? Like, you need to get it off before your birthday. You need to say something before your birthday. And um, I wound up coming out to my mom and my great aunt. And um, I read my diary entries about how I had been feeling to my mom so that she could kind of get an understanding of what I had been going through. And um, 
when I read her all of the diary entries, she was like, you've been writing poetry this whole time? And I was like, I don't even know what poetry is, but sure. <laughs> and then she had me go performing at my church at um, we call it testimony service. She had me um, perform my poem at testimony service at church just to like give out the praise of like me finally getting this weight off of my shoulder. Um, and when I performed it at church, like I got a standing no and people were crying and I was like, is this actually something? You know what I mean? So, it, it, and that's kind of where it kicked off. It feels like your spoken word is taking you on a journey. Like it's taking yeah. you from like, not just like with the, um, the American Street Kid, but now with Summertime too, like your spoken word is featured in that too. Like yeah. what, I mean, and that, oh, and I have to talk to you about that girl, like, which I think sort of puts you on the map, right? The piece, that girl. <laughs> yeah, it definitely did. Uh, um, um, that girl was, actually that girl originally ended at the sad part. Like it didn't have a happy ending. Um, and um, it was really interesting because um, I had went to church a week prior um, to going to one of my poetry classes where I wrote the poem. And um, I went to church and my pastor was speaking on miracles and looking at yourself as a miracle and just um, not um, letting where you've been dictate where you go. You know what I mean? So um, he was like, you, you might not be where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. You're a miracle. It's a miracle you made it this far. And so I, I really held on to that. Like, hey, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm still way further than sleeping on the ground. You know what I mean? So um, I really took that to heart. And then I went to my poetry class. I wrote the poem, but I didn't give it a happy ending. I left it at like the suicide bed and everything. And my poetry teacher said the exact same thing as my pastor. And he's like, you, you're not where you used to be. Like, do you realize how far you came? You've been in New York, you've been to London. Like you are a miracle. Like this is, this is great work. So um, I, that's where the ending of the miracle girl and everything got inspired by. And I was like, wow, it, it, it really is. It, it, it is my duty to give people hope. You know what I'm saying? This is where I've been and this is how I felt going through it. But where I am now is a miracle that I'm there and I'm loving where I'm at now. So that was that Come inspiration. On. That put me Come on. The map. You're giving me goosebumps. So beautiful. Um, I mean, does it ever, like every article, everything that I've read about you always says like, you know, from a woman that's from uh, a place of homelessness to where she is now with a movie yeah. that says Sundance, by the way. Um, so do you ever, all right, come on now. But did, did you ever like go, I wish that like, like the title of like your homeless um, past isn't part of your history or do you mind having that part of your constant biography? I would absolutely lose my mind if that wasn't attached to like my thing because like I know so many talented people, so many intelligent people, so many people who have so much potential who don't feel like they can do it because they're in the spot that they're in. And so if I didn't have my background attached with me where I went for you to see like, yeah, I was homeless and now I have a house, I have a fiance, I have this, like, you know, I have two movies, I have an album, I have, you know what I'm saying? It's going, you know what I mean? You can do it. You, you can make that happen. 
yourself as well, no matter who your parents were and who your friends are, no matter where you come from, you know what I'm saying? Like um, homeless girl from Watts, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah, I was that homeless girl from Watts. That, that would be the only thing. I don't want people to refer to me as that now, but that's where I came from. So I definitely want that to be acknowledged, you know, because like I said, there's so many talented people. There's so many intelligent people who are just like, this is going to be my life forever. It was my mama's life. It was my daddy's life. It was my grandma's life. It was, it's going to be my life. It's going to be my kid's life, you know? And yeah. so it's yeah. my duty to give that inspiration. It's my duty to say, no, here I was at that same spot and I'm here now. And here goes some tools, you know what I'm saying? Some things to give you to push yeah. forward, you know? That's why I teach poetry now. Oh my God. I just am such a fan of yours. I was a, oh my gosh. Now tell, I want to know where that came from. Like, I think there's a lot of people that on our journey, we hit, we hit uh, bumps and we hit places where it's hard to lift ourselves out of. Uh, I can't imagine going through what you've gone through, but how did you lift yourself out of that? Oh, it was, um, it was my poetry. It was my poetry. Um, I wouldn't, I always tell people I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my poetry. I, I, I had a lot of support um, once I got to a certain part in a place in my life, but really like at the beginning, I, I wasn't performing poetry until I was 15. You know what I'm saying? Until after American Street Kid, when I went back to, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't performing. I wasn't really, I was just writing in my journal, you know what I'm saying? Just to get me through, you know, there was a time where I, um, where I was sitting, um, I was sitting in a dark abandoned house and there was no light. And I couldn't see a thing, but I still wrote a three-page poem. You know what I mean? Because it's the only thing, if I'm in a space where I feel like there's nothing else, I have absolutely nothing, I'll write them in my head. You know what I'm saying? Like, I tell you, you can take my hands, you can take my pens, you can take my paper, and I always write poetry. Always. It's the only thing that'll help me survive. I so agree with you. I so... Um, I think it's art, right? Like it's, if we can turn towards our art in these times, then I think yeah. we'll survive them. But I think so often like our confidence gets uh, kicked down, our, I mean, power gets taken away, our voice gets taken away, so it's hard. Um, do you remember a time when, you're, when your voice was taken away and you had to fight to get it back? <sighs> so a, a lot of times actually. Um, I feel like there's times where I took my own voice away and times where I let other people take my voice away as well. Um, I think that's what makes me, my emotions so strong when I do do my poetry because I have been silent so much throughout my life that when I get a chance to speak my truth, I'm putting it all in and I'm giving it all I got because I don't know when the next time I'm gonna be able to, to do it, you know? Um, so yeah, I felt, I felt silence for a long time, which is, Another reason why I didn't speak up about my situation for two years, you know what I mean? Uh, why I don't, I have a hard time like telling people no. I just have like certain things, you know what I mean, um, that affect me in different ways. And I think that the silencing and 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 being told, hey, no one believe you even if you did say so. Hey, you're not even smart enough to speak up. Like, hey, you know, uh, just different stuff like that. You know, I used to. I used to like rap a little bit, not anymore, but I used to rap a little bit. <laughs> um, but you know, a lot of people had told me like, 
I rap too much like a boy and oh I will never make it doing this if I don't rap like you know if I don't rap like Cardi B then it's not gonna work and you know what I'm saying and I have to talk about this and I have to talk about sex and I have to look a certain way and I'm not skinny enough and all this different stuff so and I let people take that from me you know I could have kept going and and made that you know a passion but everything happens for a reason but it's like now I, I just, every time I get a chance to say, hey, this is what I do, this is what I'm good at, this is what I love, I'm doing it full out. Oh my God, yes, please, yes. You're saying everything, I mean, God, you're saying everything that I need to hear right now, just in like this state oh, awesome. of creative challenge that we're all in. You're my hero. Oh. So so then when you, um, when you're talking about like your, your, your voice getting taken away and how you get back on track and having, when you're talking about people uh, saying that you can't do things, have you ever been defeated by that? You seem like such a powerhouse of a person. You seem like if somebody says no to you, I feel like that's your fuel. Well, um, you know, in the past I have, like, um, and that was like my journey, like I had to grow over that, like I said, I, I used to dabble in rap, but then I let people convince me that I wasn't good enough for that genre, you know what I mean? So, you know, I kind of have in the past, but I did get to a certain point to where I was like, once I realized who I was, I was like, there's nothing you can tell me. And if you think I can't do it, I'm gonna do it to show you that I can, even if I didn't wanna even do it, you know what I mean? There was people who told me I couldn't yeah. work a secretary job, an office job, you know what I mean? No, you're not that type and you're not patient enough and I worked a salary job for a year. I mean, a secretary job for a year. I did it, like, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. like I do try to have, it's not like to be like gloating, but to just be like, if you think I can't, no. Rakesha, of all the people that should be gloating, you. You should be gloating, going, look where I've come from, look what I do. Like, what do you say to somebody if they say, like, you, you can't rap, you have to rap like this, or you can only, you know, you have to rap like a man or whatever. What do you say to them? Um, now, uh, I say, um, I, I, I really let people have their opinions. You know what I mean? At the end of, I try not to argue with people too much because I'm very, like, words are my thing. So, like, if I get into this with you, it'll last three days, you know? <laughs> so I just kind of, like, try to let people have their opinion. I do say, like, you know, I, well, I have a fan base, you know? I have people that listen to me. So obviously I'm doing something right. If you don't like it, you don't have to listen. If you're listening to yeah. me just to tell me you don't like it, you're still doing me a favor anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I love it. So I, you know, I just kind of let people have their opinion and whatever you want to do with your opinion, you do it. It's not going to stop me from moving. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. I'm going to see you today, say hi and bye, and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and I'm going to still have my fan base and I'm, I'm still going to continue to grow. You know what I mean? You, you saying, I don't think you are, you look good doing that is not going to stop me from doing it at the end of the day. And it's not going to stop the benefits from coming. So I just let people have it because I, I've, I've, I've gotten into it with people for like hours and it's like somebody I was sitting at the bus stop with. I didn't miss like 10 buses. Like, no, listen, you're, you're <laughs> like, you know. So. But here's the thing. I feel like you talk about your fan base. I feel like, and I say this with all positivity that you're your number one fan. Like you need like the, the you need one fan in your fan base and it's you and you've got it. Um, I, You know, I am my biggest fan. I think, 
for a long time, I didn't consider myself my biggest fan because I was very hard on myself. But then I realized, like, that's what makes me my biggest fan, right? Because, like, a lot of times people who, even, like, people who support you, who love you, who mean the best for you, and they don't mean it in any malicious way, but they'll just be like, oh, yeah, that's good because they know you're good and they love you. You know what I mean? And so they're like, oh, it's good, it's good. But, like, for me, being my biggest fan, I'm like, it was good, but you can do better because I've seen what your better is and I've seen where you can go with it. So we're yeah. going to take it there instead. You know what I mean? So I think that yeah. that could be some me being my biggest fan because I'm always like on it. I'm like, I got to rewrite that. I got to take that word out. I'm like doing scratches. I got three different papers with the same poem on it because it's, <laughs> you know. I get it. I get it. Do you, do you remember that moment that things turned around for you and you realized that you had left that like the old Marcasia behind and you're on to a new chapter of your life? Uh, the moment that that happened for me. Um, like, was it when you woke up and you're like, oh my God, I'm in a movie in, in Sundance? Or was it, I feel like it's way before that. But like, I feel like there, in our journey, yeah. there's moments in our life when we go, oh no, things have shifted. Yeah, I think my, the first time I realized the shift in my life was when I tried out for a play called What It Is. It was like modern day The Wiz, like a, a African-American yes. version of The Wizard of Oz. I know. And, um, yeah, I tried out for this play and it was called What It Is. And I auditioned for The Scarecrow. And um, they were looking for like talented people, artists, poets, and different stuff like that. So they were like, so what talent do you do? I'm like, I do poetry. I performed that girl for them. And I got the role as Dorothy instead of the role as the scarecrow, which I was trying out for. And I didn't believe it, because they were like, oh, the roles might change, you know, but this is just kind of the direction we're going. So I'm like, oh, they're going to pick somebody who can sing, who can be the, like, thin Dorothy in a cute little red skirt singing around the stage. They're going to change eventually. And, um, and then I woke up, and I realized it was the first official day of rehearsals, and they hadn't changed Dorothy. And I was like, oh. <laughs> You know, and it just kind of that whole experience and just being like, I was able to like get back and forth to rehearsals and the plays with no problems. And I was steady and, and solidified in where I was and everything was yeah. kind of concrete and good for me. So um, I think that was the first time I was like, okay, yeah, things have definitely shifted. My, my, uh, my talent has shifted in a different direction because I didn't know I could take poetry into acting. And so, like, I started with these two plays, and then I jumped to, like, these movies. And so, like, um, I was like, okay, the, that play was really the shift. I was like, I shifted my talent. I shifted my maturity. I shifted my priorities. Everything in my life was, like, going in the direction I needed it to go. Amazing. So now, so now does anything scare you now? Does anything challenge you? Or are you just, like, I feel like you're, like, like knocking down boundaries as they get set up. Or anything that comes in your way, you're like, oh, out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that most of my friends uh, that work uh, with the poetry organization I work for get lit. They say that all the time. They're like, Marquisha's like the bodyguard. Because, like, <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't say yeah. that I'm not scared of anything. I'm way more brave than I used to be. And I think um, bravery is, is different than just not being scared. Because it's the fact that you are scared, but you have that courage to still face what you're facing in the midst of that fear. 
um, I used to like be like, oh snap, I'm scared. And the fight or flight response would be flight. I would leave, you know, I would run away. I would go somewhere else instead of staying and handling what I needed to take care of. So um, now my mentality is, even if I think your six feet, 400, this obstacle is way bigger than me, I'm gonna stand my ground and not let you knock me over. And at the end of the day, um, it's been working. You know what I'm saying? I've been pushing through a whole lot with that type of mentality. I mean, a lot less scares me now because I've been through so much stuff. So I'm kind of like, but even sometimes because of stuff that I've been through, I'm a little more scared of certain things. Like, you know, I'm a little more, I won't say scared, a little more cautious, a little more like, uh, let me see what's going on, you know what I mean? Like, like what? Before I approach the situation, um, I, I have this more uh, courage, bravery, mentality, I'm a, no matter what. Mm -hmm. What kind of advice do you give to people that are wavering on like being at a dead end and not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel? Um, my advice for people wavering, if you feel like you're on a dead end, um, the, there's two things. If you feel like you're on the dead end in life and you just don't know where you want to go, focus on one thing that you love to do. It doesn't matter if you get paid for it, if anyone sees it, if it goes anywhere, just focus on one thing that you really love to do. And once you start doing that consecutively, you'll start actually taking it places because you 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 love it doing it so much you do it everywhere you show it you know what i mean so it's it's gonna take you up out of that funk so really stick to mm -hmm. something and the second thing is if you're stuck on something creative i always tell people like take a day like it's okay like people i think people are too bent on like i have to be producing i have to be producing product create 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 create, create, create. and it's to keep up with like the demand of everything but one thing that i've learned is there are a lot of artists there are a lot of talents there are a lot of creative people and we're all family we can share the time if you stuck a little bit it's okay to take a break and somebody may release something but that's okay give them a liking when you get your you know, your juices back up, maybe even taking a break and watching somebody else do something might spark that. Like, oh, okay, I like the way that they did that. Maybe if I go over here and try this, it'll spark. So if you're stuck creatively, it's okay to sit down and take a break and don't worry about I have to be producing creating content 24-7 because then you overwork yourself, you drain yourself, and you stop to love what you're doing. So that would be my two pieces of advice. Oh my God, yes, ma'am. Is this what you imagined, like, you know, like this through the struggles of being homeless? Is did you still have faith? Did you imagine that your life could be like what it is today? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I well, love your face right now. I, I, was, I, was definitely, <laughs> I just love like I know like, nobody can. I was like, so nobody can. Yeah, I'm gonna be a superstar. Like, <laughs> I I didn't imagine it in this way, but I imagined something. I just knew that I was going to find something that was going to take me out of where I was. You know what I mean? I was going to find something to put me on. And it was so crazy because me and my mom used to watch this show called Versus and Flow. Um, and it was on TV one. Um, and we used to watch it all the time. And I loved the show. And I was like, mom, wouldn't it be so cool if I can get on there? And we were like looking up, like, how do you audition for Versus and Flow? 
but you can't audition. They have to call, they have to see your work, call you and say they want you. And so I was like, it would be so cool. Like, I really want to get on that show. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. We were like trying to look up how I can get on there and stuff. And I think it was something probably like three years later, I was living in San Bernardino, um, not even in LA, not doing poetry at the moment. I was living in San Bernardino and I get a call and um, I'm standing up in the kitchen cooking. And um, the lady's like, hello, yes, this is Don Cummings from Verses and Flow. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I dropped my spatula. Like, I <laughs> yes, it was amazing. I was like, I almost passed out. Like, I, my friend was like, sit down, sit down, sit down. What's going on? And they thought something was wrong. And I'm like shaking because I don't want to scream on the phone. Because I don't want to blow this lady's eardrums out, but I'm like so excited. I'm like, yes, yes, I can be there. That confirmed. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like freaking out. Oh my God. And it's like a dream come true. The first thing I did was call my mom. I said, you won't believe where I'm going to be. And she's like, where? I'm like, on verses and flow. She's like, oh, you lying. You lying. You probably watching it. You lying. I'm like, I swear. And I took her and my big brother and we all went down there and stuff like that. So it was, it was really cool. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And, and now, like, something I imagined come to fruition. Well, did you imagine, like, I mean, now you've, you're, you've got a fiance. I mean, that's... That I didn't imagine. I was, I was totally, like, uh, I was kind of focused, you know what I mean? I, I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking that I was going to find, and then I had a, growing up, I had a lot of insecurities by myself, so I really wasn't, I didn't really imagine, like, marriage thing for a long time until I actually got with my fiance that I'm with now, and then I was like, oh, this is what love feels like. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy for you. Oh my gosh. And, and tell me how, a little bit about the Summertime movie, because that's happening right now. Um, so Summertime is a really interesting movie. It should be coming out next year um, around springtime, around in the spring. Um, it, is, it is really interesting. I don't know if you've ever seen For Colored Girls or read the book for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow wasn't enough. Um, it's, it kind of, in a very vague way, mimics that. Um, Tyler Perry took that book and turned it into a movie. Um, and and uh, it kind, our movie kind of vaguely mimics the concept of that movie as far as the aspect that like each different character is going through something and using poetry to get over that. And then also in the aspect that we all go through our different things in life and eventually meet up at the end like in like kind of a like collage scene. So it, it's really cool. Um, I had so much fun filming it. Um, and it was my first time on set, like doing a really, a real set, like movie type of thing. And just seeing all of the, the, the behind the scenes. And like, for me, what was crazy for me is I gave, I found way more appreciation for behind the scenes people then I gained for like actors and actresses, right? Like, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want people to think that I'm a diva. Like, I was on set and I was like, oh my God, it's hot. I'm so thirsty. And this guy comes like charging from the other side of set with a bottle of water. And I'm like, I can grab my own water. Like, <laughs> I'm not that diva ish. Like, and he's like, here you go, here you go. And I'm like, but and then everyone's like, oh, that's his job. And like, it was so hard for the crew. And I was just like, wow. Like a lot of people, like they cater to the actors and actresses and stuff yeah. like that. And 
I'm like, the crew is like, you need to be, because without the crew, there's no movie. And the, our crew I'm telling is you. really amazing. Yeah. No, I don't think I can ever imagine calling you a diva, Marcasia. I feel like that is the furthest title from anything in your title sequence. Um, and so what about now? What's your next project? What is the thing that, uh, that you're excited about when you wake up in the morning? Uh, so my next project, I have two of them coming up, one sooner than the other. Um, the first thing that is coming up soon is I am doing, well, actually, actually three things. Um, one thing that's coming up is uh, me, my fiance, and my godbrother are all doing an online concert. Um, so that will be probably happening in about the next month or two. Oh my God, I'm very excited. Yeah, so we're going to be having a concert. And the second thing that's coming up is I'm also going to be doing um, online poetry classes. So I'm going to be teaching online poetry classes, just trying to get back into the swing to like working and stuff like that. So I'm switching my classes to online. Um, so I'm going to be doing that. And the last thing that I'm doing is I'm writing a sci-fi movie. Um, <laughs> I, want, I don't want to be like extra but I want to write and act in it at the same time but like I just right now I'm just writing this sci-fi movie um I've been a sci-fi fanatic since I was a little girl that's another thing that I was just like and a lot of people thought I was weird a lot of people I know don't really watch sci-fi so um I just was like I was always into sci-fi and um I didn't really see a lot of me in sci-fi um like uh fantasy like I like all like witches and warlocks and dragons and fairies and flying and all that type of stuff so um and I didn't never really seen like myself in those movies we're not they're not really you know um don't really normally have strong african-american leads and different stuff like that so um I'm writing a sci-fi movie where the main character name is Nevea which is heaven backwards and um her name is Nevea and she's the main character and she's african-american girl trying to find her powers in this like fantasy world that I'm going to create. So that will probably be done writing in about like the next five months and probably ready to like try to find producing and all that other stuff in about a year or so. Oh my God. I will bring you water on set. That sounds so exciting. <laughs> I'm so, uh, oh my God. I just could talk to you all day, but we have to wrap it up at some point. I mean, you're, you're, I feel like you're invincible. Like you really just could do anything at this point. You just have to set your mind to what it is you want to do. Yeah. The world's your oyster. I'm trying. I, I'm, I'm dancing again. I used to dance when I was younger. I did um, tap dance, ballet, uh, salsa, contemporary hip hop, and ballroom all from like uh, first grade to about eighth grade is when, well, no, eighth grade to about 10th grade, I stopped dancing in like high school. I did drill team and cheerleading and stuff like that. And so like what I've been trying to do now is just kind of like express like all of my talents to the world. Like everyone knows me as a poet, you know what I mean? But I want people to see the versatility of my, you know, my art and my talent. Like even for like a girl my size, I can dance really good. So I'm trying to show that out. I mean, show that out to the world and just different stuff like that. So I'm just trying to, you know, make myself versatile. Oh my God. I mean, you can do it. There's no reason. You're unstoppable. So is there anything, Thank it you. feels like everything's in, in balance for you. Like you've got, you've got love, you've got creativity, you've got 
confidence and security. Is there anything in your world that's a bit out of balance? Like you could use a little bit of more of this. I could use a better government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really could. That's pretty much the only thing out of balance. I literally was talking to my fiance about this the other day. I was like, literally everything in my life is perfect except for the government. Like if it wasn't yeah. for the way that this stuff is ran, I would be perfect right now. I would be like living on cloud nine. Like they like... <laughs> You got Michelle and Kamala around the corner. I have hope now. Oh. Have you ever thought about running? Have you ever thought about running for any kind of uh, government position? Um, I have. I've, I've battled with it for a long time because I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm, I'm an artist. And I feel like in politics, it's very much uh, controlled and you got a certain thing you can say, I, like, I don't like to censor myself. You know what I mean? Whatever I put out, whatever I say, whatever I feel, I want to be able to get it out in the way that I need to get it out, in a way that I feel like people need to hear it for things to change. And I don't feel like that could be done in politics. I just want to reflect a little bit of, on the president that you have right now and how uncensored he is. That <laughs> There's no... Right, right. But then he's also, and, and like, I don't want to sound like offensive to anyone and I don't mean it in an offensive way he's also a white man like he can be unfiltered yep. in politics like you know what I mean if gotcha. it was if it was yep. me I'd be like that angry black girl or like this black girl who doesn't know how to hold her or she doesn't know what she's talking about or she speaks illiterally you know what I mean so yeah it, I would yeah. have to I mean I live my life like that you know most African-American yeah, yeah. people do. It's like, well, you can't get mad here because everybody's going to think you're like this and they're going to think you're a stereotype. And you can't wear this hair because people are going to say you're this and you can't do your hair like that because people ain't going to hire you and we live our life like that. And so it's like, that's why I love doing what I do on the creative side because I can make that change and still be me, you know? Totally get that. I right. totally take your point of wanting to be, wanting to be uncensored with your opinion. And uh, as an artist, you can be. Yeah, and I, and I do yeah. like get involved in politics to a certain extent. It's just like not I wouldn't become a politician, but I do get involved with the politics. If I can if I can meet with some politicians, if I can talk to some people who have that power to make that change and tell them, you know, because I can speak freely to you know what I mean, and I can speak. And I I like to go to um like I I just did a show at USC where Arnold Schwarzenegger was there. So I like to go and perform at those type of places where there's going to be a lot of people that might need to hear some real stuff, even though I'm not going to say what happened at that show, because then I don't want anyone to be like, she's bashing Arnold. But, um, but yeah. Well, he, um, he represents himself. He bashes himself by, by what he says. Right. <laughs> right. I just, and then that's, and, and that's, and I'm learning to like, I'm, I'm learning, like, there's certain things that I, I just be like, I just can't say all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, choose your battles. Yeah. But I think, you're, I think your podium is strong. I think that your, your voice is strong. And I think that a lot of people are leaning forward to hear more from you. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I really, it's taken me a while to get here. I mean, really not a while. I have to say that, but I'm only 25. Um, <laughs> But it feels like it's taking me a little minute to get here. But um, I'm, I'm loving it. 
I'm, I, I, I really, and for me to be a poet, I don't have words for it. I'm just loving what I'm doing and, you know, where I'm going right now. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I'm so excited for you. Let me, um, let me wrap it up. I have a couple of questions that I Thank always ask so my guests at the end. Um, these are all the typical questions. You don't have to answer them fast, but here's some typical firecracker questions for you. Ready? Yeah. Okay, so fill in the blank. To me, a firecracker is... Being a firecracker is being loud. Uh, what do you want to be best known for? I want to be best known for change. Two words to describe your mental state right now. Happy and focused. I love it. Um, what's something that most people don't know about you? <laughs> um, I know every word to the movie Princess and the Frog. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Every single word from the beginning to the end, not just the songs. I know every dialogue in that movie from beginning to end. I've seen it like 150 times. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, what helps you regroup when you need to recharge yourself? What do you do? Um, hmm. Music and sleep. I'll always like put yeah. some headphones in and just take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> what are you listening to these days? What's your music of choice? Oh, um, I, my music is so diverse. Like people go through my playlist and like have 10 different people have this phone because <laughs> I listen to just about everything. But I've been binging um, Lemonade and Melanie Martinez, Cry Baby Hour. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, what is something the, that the, you the have? Beyonce and Melanie Martinez are totally different people. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, two more questions. What is something that you haven't done in your life, but you know you have to do? Um, oh, meet Tyler Perry. <laughs> yes, good one. Yeah. And that what is... advice you would give to your younger self? Oh, wow. Don't let them tell you that you're not don't let them tell you that you're not worthy. Don't let them tell you that you're not beautiful, that you're not strong. Don't, don't let, you know, other people's words dictate where your life go. Only let your words dictate where your life go. I am such a huge fan of yours, Marcasia. Thank you. And positivity and hope that you exude. I, I think you're gorgeous. I want thank to know you. if your fiance has oh, seen your new haircut yet. Yes, he has. Yeah. And he loves it. I was scared. I was like, I'm never going to haircut. I was like, I'm so nervous. And he was like, oh. first, he tricked me though. He was like, oh, I love it. And I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I really do appreciate the time. And I appreciate your contribution to our community. I feel like, I feel like you are changing things. I feel like people like you are changing the world and I want to do whatever I can to support your steps. If we can support your, your poetry class or your concert, uh, I, I got your back, whatever you need. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me on and giving me this time. I really appreciate it. When I'm back in LA, can I take you for a smoothie or something like that? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Okay. I would love that so much.
Um, I just, I've okay. enjoyed my time with you so much. I don't want to say goodbye, but, but I so appreciate this. <laughs> I've enjoyed my time too. Thank you so much. Yeah. Very grateful for you. Bye. Have a great day. Keep in touch. Bye. Thank you. I will. I mean, she's going to take over the world. I'm in her corner for all things. I mean, she's already doing such great things. Her new film, Summertime, is coming out spring 2021. Her upcoming projects, both personally and professionally, she's busy. She's a busy, busy person. And gosh, we are so lucky to bring her to your, your ear holes. You know, aren't you just thrilled? Like, I love that these people kind of cross our paths and we find a way of sharing her voice with the Firecracker Department community because maybe you haven't heard of her before, or maybe you have, and then you can celebrate her even louder. Find Markeisha on Twitter at Lady Lyrics. You can follow the doc at American ST Kid on Twitter or at Instagram at American Street Kid. You can stream the doc from all over the world, no matter where you are, on Amazon Prime, iTunes, Vimeo, and YouTube. So there's no excuse. Go check this amazing doc out. I have to say also, the film also has a great partnership with Bombas Socks. Bombas Socks where one movie purchase equals one pair of Bombas socks donated to a homeless youth organization. Win-win. It's a win-win situation. You can also donate to Get Lit at getlit.org slash donate. While you're online, before you accidentally spend two hours on TikTok, leave us a review, why don't you? Let us know what's stuck with you. I always, always love to hear from you. The whole Firecracker Department team does. And every single review gets back to our team and just makes us feel stronger. I have to say, if you like what we're doing with Firecracker Department, there are ways of supporting us. You can support it by giving a shout out on social media, reviewing us, telling one friend, I heard this really cool podcast. That all helps build our community and makes us stronger so we're able to achieve even more. You know what they say, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go together. And we're going together, so we're going to go far. Like I always say, there's space for everyone within the firecracker department. And if you're not already part of our Facebook members group, why not? There's tons of stuff going on over there. That's our central hub for connecting with the firecracker community and where all our event reminders, conversations and connections happen. Uh, like our sparkler department, which is little firecrackers. So if you have kids, go check out the sparkler department. Or are you an actor or a writer? Because we have the script department and writing department as well. Weekly, the writing department posts a prompt on Mondays so that you can do that anytime. Plus, we do a little writing gym with bursts so you don't even have to prepare anything. We do that on Zoom every Thursday. Come and join us over there. Every Sunday, we host a community brunch on Zoom so that new and current firecrackers looking to meet other creative people like you can hang out and connect. And it's always really fun. We drink coffee. We often wear our pajamas and have bathrobes and that's the way it rolls. We always want to know what you're doing and how we can help you move forward creatively. Monthly, we host a script department reading series, a wellness department meditation, live spark chats on Instagram with past podcast guests, and even a movie club. Yeah, there's a lot going on, and there's a department and a seat for everyone at the firecracker table. Come find yours, share your voice with the world, and connect with your people. Stay in the loop with everything I just threw at you by subscribing to our newsletter at firecrackerdepartment.com. Big, huge ginormous thanks to my whole team i'm throwing my arms up ginormous everyone who's in los angeles toronto vancouver new york and all the way over in the uk 
Thanks to all our core members for everything that they do online and off to make this community, this firecracker department growing into what it is becoming, which is so important to me. And from what I'm hearing from the feedback, it's important to you too. So thank you. Big thanks to Jeff Militinovic and Igor Karila for our theme music. We love it. And thanks to you. Yeah, you, the one listening right now, for taking the time to listen because we know there's a lot of options out there and we so appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Naomi, and we'll see you next time on the Firecracker Department. <laughs> <laughs>